0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to GG Rated, okay? I'm Gino. This is Gray, my co-host. What's and today up? today we have a special guest. We have Blaze here uh, to kind of help us out a little bit with a little uh, game that we have not played yet, but he's had a lot uh, to do with, and that's Boulders Gate 3. We appreciate you being
1: on the show, Blaze. Yeah, hey guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I know you guys are two busy dads that, you know, you only really can sink your teeth into one game at a time. Well... Uh, I'm not a dad yet, so I can I can play two at a time. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome! That's awesome. Well, look, let's get this thing started off right from the beginning. Let's uh, let's find out how uh, each other's weeks have been. Uh, you already know we're kind of busy. You already kind of mentioned that a little bit. But uh, Gray, how's your week been, man?
2: Man, week's been pretty good. Been working a lot of overtime, playing a lot of Starfield on my breaks, um, and having a great time with it. So that's kind of been my week. Awesome
0: what about you
1: anything good yeah um work hasn't been too busy so i've been uh, working from home a lot and like like uh, gray said working playing some games on breaks and uh, uh i just sunk my teeth in a this past week so i have some thoughts on it as well
0: no oh nice we was wondering about that in the last podcast uh gray was asking if you um if you did any Starfield, so we're, we'll go into that in a moment uh as far as my week goes it's been pretty much the same just work and uh you know, I'm off this next week. Got a little training. Got a little off day. So hopefully can sink my teeth into some gaming a little bit. But uh, with that being said, great. do you want to move it on to the next one? Of yeah. The gaming moment?
2: Speaking of gaming, let's go into our favorite gaming moment of the week. So I'm going to start this thing off. Uh, this is our segment we do on every podcast where we go over our favorite gaming moment of the week. Um... Maybe you can write us in at ggratedchannel at gmail.com with your favorite gaming moment, and we will read it on the show. But mine is about Starfield. So um, I was going through this mission where you become a deputy. You pretty much go to a, to a planet that's kind of like the Wild West. And if you follow the storyline, which I'm not going to spoil it, eventually you get a spaceship for free. So there was an instant after completing a whole side story investigating a plot involving farmers, a stolen ship, and a corporation that led me all over the place investigating and piecing together what was going on. I was in some epic FPS battles as well as a particular setting where I was involved in a version of Running Man. If you've ever seen the old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Running Man, it was basically that. Um, let's see. Um, it's (laughs) basically an, an underground death race where I had to make it somewhere (laughs) on foot and back avoiding all sorts of savage space animals.
0: So it's kind of like a, a small thing of Indiana Jones happening here. Like you're running away, kind of,
2: kind (laughs) of, sort of like you're trying to go through this and there's a bar that there's people like betting on if you're going to die or not basically and i was having to do this so that i could get some information from somebody um <laughs> were
1: you were you able to lie your way and place bets on the race even though you were in it
2: no i was trying to i actually asked that and they said that i couldn't oh, so, <laughs> so been good at the end of all of it no spoilers um i get an awesome ship called the star eagle i i ended this play session enjoying exploring my new ship and i Sat down at my brand new desk on this ship and logged out for the day. It was a great gaming experience and a great gaming moment.
0: Dude, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So you ended up with a new ship.
2: New ship. It's got all a that. bunch of rooms in it. it. Even has like a place to put folks in, like uh, like a brig. Like it's yeah, it's it's big. It's really sweet, man. So
0: that's, oh, that's the big awesome. thing with that ship. I, I've been hearing just to kind of touch on that a little bit i've been hearing that different ships have different kind of specialties to them like they can do different things and hold different things so you can hold like just dip, it's a brig it can hold things or like what people or what yeah
2: you can put people in there basically um
0: dude that's awesome mm-hmm. that's all well uh blaze you want to tell us about your uh you got any gaming moments from this past week that kind of stuck out to you
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll add to the the Starfield conversation. Since it's new to me this week, I haven't been on it since uh, launch, really. So um, I was actually, I picked up a small mission, just a side mission to go survey a planet. Uh, This was early on in my leveling. I was probably level three or four. And so the reward for the survey data was like 11,000 credits, which was a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, So I, I... Right, so I traveled out to this system I'd never heard of, landed on the planet, and I just start scanning. And while I'm scanning, uh, you know, I'm hitting different POIs that seem interesting. And I came across this abandoned research lab. Right, no reason to go into it other than exploration. Uh, I was met with some spacers on the outside, and they were a few levels higher than me. I was able to get through it, and I started progressing. Well, I found in this one big cargo room a vent um, that I was able to interact with it was hidden behind a whole bunch of boxes and crates. Uh, I crawl through the vent, turn on my flashlight and I find I think it was like a fire escape hatch or something that was yeah. at the end of the vent. Um, I pulled out my fire axe and there were some cut wires and so I, I cut those and knocked the hatch in. When I came out, there was a computer terminal there. Um, I started in security. And I already had two levels in security to uh, use the digi picks to unlock, and the computer terminal reco- was a master level lock. Oh yeah, and, and so I—that's
2: like the last one, isn't it? I think right, so. I think so. so.
1: Yeah, I was sitting on a few perk points because I'm non-committal. I don't know what I want to go into yet, <laughs> and and so I threw a point in so I could do master lock picking, um, and. I'll tell you guys. I don't know if you guys have come across a master pick yet, but it is—they're <laughs> crazy. It had mm. about four layers to it, and out of the uh, the uh, the key slots that you could choose, it had. I'm not kidding. I think it was either sixteen or twenty.
2: Holy crap!
1: Yeah. And if you and, don't
2: get them right, then you don't have the right one. So so, for the exactly. next. so
1: let me get this. I did see a lot about
0: you get three chances with this certain special and two chances. Right. So I was always getting my lock. So I'm like, man, why do you even need three chances? So you're saying that's when it comes into play.
1: Exactly. When you really
0: need those chances.
1: Exactly. So it it came down to, there was, there was four levels to the lock, right? You know, there's the rings that you have to insert and a ring goes away. And then you get to the next level. There was four levels to it. And about, I think it was 16 or 20. I can't remember how many rows of four that it had um, to, to use as inserts. I, I, it took probably 10 minutes because I had to plan ahead and make sure I wasn't using the wrong one right and I, I picked mm. it and it gave me access to the computer terminal to activate the robots yes, and when dude. I did that oh. when I did that I changed the friendly, friend friend and foe settings uh-huh. remove their combat inhibitors oh. and four robots came out like Vasco and just started going crazy on everybody else in the facility <laughs> just wiped it <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> that, that, that was good yeah,
0: yeah yeah that's that's awesome that's a pretty good one well uh I am going to stick to the same thing then, man. I think we've all been kind of playing Starfield a little bit this week, of course. Um, so mine's going to be about getting the Razor Leaf spacecraft, which is pretty much everybody knows as the Mantis spacecraft. So somehow between the first 15 hours that I played this game, I came across a dead spacer. And when you come across these dead spacers, if you loot them, you'll get this secret uh, message uh, recording that you can play. And when you play this recording, it gives you this mission. It's called, uh, uh, Denebola one B mission. Okay. So that's where you're going to head to. Once you get there, you find your, you know, you fight through these spacers at the lair of the mantis. So think of it. Like this mantis was like considered like a superhero pretty much. Okay. To this community and nobody messed with it. But I was scared of this mantis. And, It gets passed down over time and over time, right? Well, there's so many, like, pirates and stuff there trying to find, like, the treasure because the mantis ends up passing away. And you hear messages as you're going through this mission about passing over her mantle to her son. And her son doesn't even know she's the mantis the whole time. And I know this is huge spoilers, guys, so I'm sorry if it gets to (laughs) it, but I'm throwing it out there to y'all. So... You fight your way through, and there's one tough little boss, Pirate. You have to really uh, use a lot of your bullets and all that, too. And then there's, you finally fight through. You get to this room, and there's this guy outside this room that says that he was captive. He didn't know how to get out. There's traps everywhere. So you have to either make a decision and trust him, which Sarah Morgan was telling me don't trust the guy. But you can either trust him or not trust him. So I ended up um, not trusting him the first time. And ended up, uh, I guess you can say, unaliving him, okay? (laughs) But uh, something messed up, so I had to do a reload. And when I fought back through again, I decided to trust him. So once you trust him, you go in this room immediately behind him. And I call it like the death room, okay? You look in the room. It's just a big square room with bodies laying all around. And you're like, what happened here? (laughs) You're like, what's going on? So the first time you go through, you're just running, And you just, these turrets all of a sudden start spinning up, like six turrets, and they just light you down. And then before you know it, you are another body in the room laying on the floor. So you're like, oh, that's what happened. (laughs) Um, So long story short, um, I ended up finding out there's a code um, that you have to go by. I will not tell you the code. I'll at least save that for y'all when y'all figure it out. But if you get the code right, you go through it. Well, the guy follows you, and he turns against you. And before he turns against you, he activates the in these evil robots that come after you. And nice. he tries to shoot you, which, you know, he only takes like two or three bullets. Once you see that he's shooting at you, you can kill him really quick, you know, but, um, it was a pretty cool mission. So after you get through all that and the evil robots, you find yourself on the landing pad after going through all this lore of the mantis. Right. And you get this really cool space suit as well. Um, After you complete the mission, you get the assistant carry Mantis pack, a headhunter's Mantis space helmet. You get a merchandise Mantis space suit, even get the Razor Leaf ship. So the thing special about this ship that you leave on once you sit in the ship and you leave, it's yours. Is (laughs) it has a shielded cargo hold, meaning you can smuggle contraband through the systems. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. yeah, so all this contraband, you know, everybody knows about what happens when you get the contraband was, and you get arrested. Was, uh, was,
2: uh So they have a name for the contraband. I forget what the name of it is. What is the name of that stuff that they
1: have in Starfield? Well, I don't know. Uh, so I've come across a couple different Items labeled as contraband. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So it's it's not just. It's a l- oh, it's okay. a lot. It can be Why? the
0: same item, but so there's contraband.
2: there's one that I came across at a club, and they were trying to give it to me, and I didn't ever do it. But what
0: was it, Greg? What was you trying to take at the club? <laughs> <bro>? I forget. <laughs> I think it
2: starts with a V. I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. They were trying to sell it to me like everybody was trying to give it to me. And I was like, no, dang it. I don't want any. I don't want to be inebriated. I'm on mission. Like, I'm trying to do something.
1: (laughs) I I, I know I've come across uh, a contraband item called, like, Aurora. Aurora, that's it. That's it. it. Yep.
2: It doesn't start with a V. It starts with an A. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's close.
0: What's the, uh, from the boys, what's that that thing called? The V or whatever? I think it is V, isn't it? It I think it is. It gives them powers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: But <laughs> I I appreciate how vastly different all three of those uh, game <laughs> moments were in the same game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's
2: so many branching storylines, man. And I yeah. actually have a question for you guys related to Starfield. Um, have you encountered any bugs? Because I had a couple, and one of them was not major, but it was like, oh, man. Yeah. Um,
1: um, I I guess I'll start. Yeah. Um, yeah. I personally, uh, so I mean, launch day and 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 that's where I, I watched some streams and I saw some some streamers come across like maybe one bug every hour and they weren't mm. anything game breaking, which is uh, great for Bethesda title. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my playing though, I came across my first, and I don't know if it's a bug. Um, or just an unfortunate series of events that happened. But it was actually actually right before I saved and got in here with you guys to to record this. um, I was helping some, I was saving some people from some spacers. They were locked in their research facility, locked in behind doors. And uh, they were like in all out war when I came in. Um, And another wave came in and I started throwing some frag grenades to take out like 20 guys. You know, they just started (laughs) rushing. And at the end, I'm chatting with them um you know we're talking uh, about what just went <laughs> down and i get knocked out of the conversation because one of the guys is just just starts teeing off on all of us and and <laughs> so i turn and i i you know shoot them they go down but they just fall unconscious they don't they, they can't be unalived and oh. <laughs> uh they just get back like up that. after after 30 seconds or so and start shooting me again so what? i don't know what i'm gonna do about yeah. that yeah
2: was it somebody well, that was in your party or was it just somebody you were talking?
1: yeah they were following me uh, uh for that mission specifically uh, i picked okay. them up uh, in the building and they were chatting with me at the end that's crazy that's yeah. funny Man. I don't. I don't I know bet- if a if a grenade hit them or something.
2: Yeah, but. possibly.
0: That's that's pretty good though. I, I've heard a couple, which I mentioned in a second, but the only bug I've really experienced, and I don't know if it's a bug, I've been telling Gray about it every time we play together, is uh one of the security guards at um New Atlantis. I ended up stealing an apple in, just to see what would happen, and so they started shooting and chasing me over stealing an apple. I get on the tra- I somehow make it to the train. I get off the train and there's only one security officer, not like four. So I'm like, oh, I can take on one, one V one. And I end up unaliving this uh, security officer. And from now on, it's been, that's been what, a week, week, week or two. Great. And every time I get off that train, (laughs) the security officer is still laying there in the same exact spot. And I can't help but feel <laughs> horrible as it keeps going on. We were talking about that.
2: They need to hire a coroner. Bad, like yeah. they need yeah. to hire somebody to come out and be like, "Hey, so, there's a dead guy here."
1: I guess there are so per- this, certain public services that we don't get in the future anymore. That's funny. I guess,
0: I guess not. But yeah. it, it just it kind of makes me feel worse and worse as time goes. But yeah. I've heard there's been glitches. Now I don't know about glitches or bugs, but Man. as far as ships killing people and boarding ships, no uh, and. And you had all the, all the courts are just kind of like pushed in the corner or something, I guess. I I don't know what, what, what's going to happen with that. Yeah.
2: I mean, so I had one thing happen. So I've had a couple of times where the screen would just keep on loading, which isn't a big deal. I just restart the game. I didn't really lose my place or anything. That could have something to do with the deck too, because I've been playing a lot on the Steam Deck. But there was another mission where... I don't want to spoil it because it's part of the main storyline. You have to make a choice. And if you make one choice, a main person dies. And if you make another choice, they don't. And I Oh no. And now you I, got me all nervous. I found uh-huh. that out because I made uh-huh. one choice and then after I went there and did the thing, I wasn't able to leave. Like I wasn't able to travel to my other destination. And the only way to get on a planet is to like go to your map and actually travel there. Like, um, yeah. Right. So I wasn't able to do that. Like I kept trying and it wouldn't ever like happen. So I had to load as like, as I had to go back in my, in the thing and load up a game from like an, and maybe an hour before that and kind of do some things all over again. But it wasn't a big deal because I had already done it. So I just kind of breezed through it. And when I got to that point again, I made another choice. And that's when somebody died. And I was like, daggum it. If I would have got to stick with my first choice, <laughs> they would still be alive. Yeah. So
0: that, that, that's unfortunate.
2: Yeah. So that Ooh, that's, sucks. That's but devastating.
0: I know. Now that's going to give me more anxiety on every choice now. But you know, yeah. But you know,
2: like, it's kind of cool because their death really hit me hard. <laughs> and I was like, I wouldn't that's have cool, huh? been able to experience this of actually feeling lost in a game if this wouldn't have happened so like right. in one sense it's kind of cool I got to experience it but it's not cool that I experienced it because uh there was an aspect of the game that just would not work but that's been the only thing I'm so surprised at how smooth this game has Ran it really has and been. worked it, it's been because pretty smooth. the amount of code they've had to write here has got to be out of this world for all can, the Can th- I just different throw one thing in there,
0: Gray? Yeah, I mentioned I think I mentioned it earlier. I am super impressed. Like, speaking of code and what they put in in details, is the toilet paper situation where <laughs> yeah, you can go them, in a- <laughs> tell them about that. That's really funny. I, I, everybody should know this, okay, because it's a staple in every household. You can go in a, a, a bathroom. And if you see the toilet paper on the toilet paper holder being on the inside <clears throat> against the wall on the outside. Now, are you an inside or outside person? Who knows? But they give you the choice of selecting that toilet paper and moving it coming out on the outside. You know what I'm saying? So are you an inside person, Blaze,
1: or outside? I'm an outside. They're they're there going go. and pulling there against there. the wall. There. You got to pull it, it comes up and over and it's already coming towards you. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. going against the wall, scraping against the wall. Are oh, right. you inside or outside, Gray? Um,
2: I really don't Uh-oh. give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: go check right now. Go check.
1: <laughs>
0: With that being said, I think it's a great time um to kind of leave Starfield for a minute and let's go into the news thing, Gray.
2: We're going in the news. Let's go.
0: All right, so going into the gaming news, I'll go ahead and lead this one off with the new uh, rumors. As far as we know, it's rumors as of right now. I'm going to try to give you some more actual confirmed um, leaks that has happened in reference to the new iPhone 15 um, in the Apple Watch coming out. Uh, it's not so much as the Apple Watch is what we know, but a lot more in the iPhone 15s. So they have an event coming up september 12th they have it every year it's no surprise it's no secret or anything but the biggest rumor with the new iphones is the new action button that has all but been confirmed by apple themselves the new action button will act as pretty much a shortcut button uh like the action button does on the apple watch ultra so i don't know if you saw the the ultra watches that has like the orange button on the side that's titanium um the super expensive apple watch that button is actually used as a shortcut kind of button that you can press for flashlight, whatever you want to do. Well, they're going to be bringing that to the iPhones now. So where the button is that you make your uh, your phone mute, that you can turn on mute and silence, is going to be replaced with the action button. So you can still use that button now if you want to use it as a mute button, but you can use it as other things as well. Uh, rumors so far suggest that we can expect a, and I know Blaze is probably going to, Love hearing this, but can expect a USB-C port instead of a lightning port on all the iPhone 15 models. So that's absolutely huge. I think that's going with law because I think the European, uh, you know, across the country, across the seas over there, they actually signed into law where they have to have USB-C phones. Everybody on the same same kind of thing. Um, So I think they, I I think Apple kind of, they kind of forced Apple's hand in reference to that. Uh, so it's going to be on all iPhone 15 models. Uh, the Dynamic Island, which was huge on the last time, I think it came out on the 14 or 13 on the Pro models, is going to be available on the iPhone 15, 15 Plus, in addition to the 15 Pro and the Pro Max. Uh, that means Apple will be doing away with the notch that it has been used since the iPhone 10, the iPhone X, that everybody remembers, which was the flagship iPhone lineup for a sleeker, less intrusive design. So these prices, they're saying they're possibly going to go up 100 bucks. is what they're saying. But the pricing on the iPhone 15 models is expected to remain um, close to the same with a $100 difference. But right now what they're thinking is the entry level 6.1-inch device is going to be starting at $799 and the 6.7-inch iPhone 15 Plus starting at $899.
2: God bless Texas. Sorry. Yes, but <laughs> the newer
0: just... the iPhone Pro 15 Pro Max can get all the way up to 11 Ninety nine, somewhere between ten ninety nine and eleven ninety nine, for that phone. So the, over that thousand dollar price as well. So I know that Gray, you're an Android user. Blaze, I know that you're an Android user. But there's a huge iPhone base out there, just as like they do an Android. What do you think about the upgrades that are coming? Not comparing it to Android, but the upgrades that are actually coming for the iPhones. What do you think about them? Do you, you think start, it's right? worth it? So Graham, what do you think?
2: I think everything that they do is pretty impressive. It just comes back to the thing over and over of it's just way overpriced. And you know, they've got everybody in that in that ecosystem, so they can pretty much do whatever the heck they want to do. But that you that being said, it doesn't take away from their really good and smooth and when you are in your own ecosystem like that there's a lot better chance you're going to have a smooth experience and they got some pretty cool tech man i ain't gonna yeah. lie
1: yeah I, I agree with that um i know apple products you know look and feel premium um and and you know when you're asking 800 for your cheapest phone you know I, i'd expect that but i i will say on that price um that's nice that it's expected to remain the same, with everything else going up in price. Uh, mm. if, if they keep their models the same price from, from you know last year to the next year, that's that's appreciated. Uh, I don't know what's going to be happening on their little Apple island at the top of the, the phone screen. Um, I, I don't know how it's a little bit less of an intrusive design. I, I use a Google Pixel. Um, I'm a beginning of the Google Pixel 8, um, and I'm in that Google ecosystem mm-hmm. um, where all my my apps are great. Uh, they work incredible on my phone and and the Google Nest and everything. Um, but it just has like a punch hole camera on the screen, which is you know outside of having a notch or a yeah. bezel, it has a punch hole and it it looks great. Um, but nice. I, I I think if they keep that that price the same and are coming into the 21st century with uh <laughs> USB type C, then I mean, that's <laughs> going to be much more user friendly for their, for I knew
0: the punchline with USB C was going to finally <laughs> come.
1: Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> but, but
0: I will say this, that I feel like a lot of times a dynamic island is kind of like a staple, kind of like the home button was the little circle at the bottom for the iPhone. And when they got rid of it, uh, now the island was like the staple of the iPhone. Now right. they're going to bring the action button. In the action button, it might be the new staple—the of the iPhone. You know that you don't have mm. on something else. Right. So that's why I feel like now they can get rid of that that dynamic island, and maybe it gets brought up by software instead of hardware that you see. Right. Right. Because everybody doesn't like the island. It just, it just—they think it takes away real estate. You look at Android users. I know we're not going to compare, but let's just be honest. Android users have been having phones for years where it's completely clear and there's no intrus- uh, intrusive, intrusive. Um, island on the top of blackness that will cover up some of your picture. So, right. but hopefully it doesn't go up even hundred dollars like they're talking about. Hopefully it does stay the same, and uh, right. you know everybody can look forward September twelfth. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you follow. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well. You can follow us on GG Rated Podcasts um, if you're listening now, and you can get a follow up, and we'll be sure to touch base and uh, let you know. We're also on. It's formerly known as Twitter, as well at GG Rated Channel, you can follow there, and we'll give you the latest updates in reference to uh, maybe those new iPhones. See if they Yeesh. actually did stay the same price.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Apple transitioning to the USB-C, it looks like um, the EU passed a n- new law that mandates a common charger across all consumer electronic devices sold by 2024. That's what we was talking about. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So. That's basically it, man. Like, I don't think they would have done that otherwise. Eh? Like, I don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I but.
0: think it kind of forced a hand, like I said. And I, I, honestly, I kind of like it. Uh, I'm glad it's finally getting to that point. Faster uh, transfer speeds, charging, um, everything universal. It's going to be great.
1: Well, I did hear about the Type-C chargers that they have a way um, come with these new iPhones. They have a way to uh, that the phone recognizes if it's an Apple. USB Type C charger and not a third party. <laughs> what and that's and dirty, you, dude! You will not get your your max charging speeds. Now that's just a, that's an article I saw, and you might have dude, a slower charging. Speed I would not doubt that.
2: I would not doubt that yeah. because if you try to receive a picture from an Apple phone to an Android, uh, they will downgrade the picture.
1: Yes, yes well, that, the that is goes down. yeah, that quality both ways.
0: now. that is going yep. both ways between both companies. But who started that. it first? I
2: wonder. Like who started
0: that? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it came when you had. Had to do the replies and stuff, and they would send the same message. Right. You know, I mean we can go on and on. I think it's been a, a tug and war between you know Android and, and Google. Yeah, Apple dude, and Google.
1: anytime I can and
2: throw just a little bit of shade at Apple. I <laughs> dude, it's so easy for me. I'm sorry. I uh, leave same, my Apple same. Yeah. Leave my Apple
1: alone. <laughs> leave them <me> alone. <laughs> no okay. issues. No issues. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so you can't use your nice 10-foot charger. You gotta buy an Apple one for 80 bucks. Oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that 10-foot charger, man. <laughs> well, look, uh, with that being said, Gray, uh, you think it is time to maybe get into Boulders Gate 3 with Blaze and get a GG rating Yeesh. going?
2: Yeesh. Let's do it. First, I'm going to explain what the GG rating is right after this. <laughs> let's go indeed what is our gg rating for baldur's gate 3. how does the gg rating work our gg rating is the industry standard for video game rating systems we go over graphics music story gameplay multiplayer fun factor we average these up to give you our gg rating so that you can know if this is a good game worth playing will baldur's gate 3 hold up let's get into it with our special guest blaze break it down blaze what you got
1: man All right, so Baldur's Gate Three. First off, I'm going to get to the price. So it is a AAA game with a AAA budget from a AAA studio at a price of sixty dollars. It's not the AAA industry standard seventy-dollar price like every other game has been this year and last. Right. Not even know that. That's all. Right. Uh, A little bit of background on it. So. I myself grew up playing Baldur's Gate one and two that were published and produced by Beamdog back uh, in '98. Baldur's Gate one was released, and in 2000, Baldur's Gate two was released. I was released in '94, so yeah, <laughs> that's, how, that's how that goes. <laughs> um, both of these games, I'm a big D&D nerd, Dungeons and Dragons. Both of these games operated on the Dungeons and Dragons second edition rule set. It had um, it was the the way the gameplay flowed. It was real time strategy, top down. Control your party against the enemies. Have them cast spells, make attacks. It was real time, but you could pause the game. So as soon as an enemy came on screen, it would pause. You could tell people what to do, unpause it, let it run for a few seconds, pause, and imp- make new inputs. It was really fun. Um, it had, you know, you know, obviously dated graphics, pixely. Um, but it was still like that paper doll. Here's your character sheet, your inventory slots, you're getting constant upgrades, magic items. It was great experience. Um, over the years, more titles like those Baldur's Gate games were released called like Icewind Dale is a, another example. Icewind Dale is a, a, a township in, um. In the the Dungeons and Dragons lore, Baldur's Gate is one of the major. Is cities. that just
0: PC as well? Just just someone yeah. Just wondering. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: both these are <clears throat> PC only titles. Um, and and then an enhanced edition of Baldur's Gate one came out in 2012, where they they upped the graphics a little bit, but added expansions. It was like 20 bucks for the game with all of its expansions and everything. Great deal. They came out that exp- enhanced edition in 2012. And then in 2013, they released Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. And that was, again, from Beamdog and Bioware. Um, but they didn't have any like big RPG new titles. It was just kind of a rehash and make an enhanced edition of their old games. Um, that's kind of like historically Wizards of the Coast who is the creator of Dungeons and Dragons and the card game Magic the Gathering that's very popular.
3: Okay.
1: Um, they're very protective of their Baldur's Gate IP uh, because it was so successful in the past and they don't want someone to, you know, kind of have a sloppy release of a, of a title for it. <laughs> um, so that's when in came Larian Studios, uh, who one year later after that Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition was released in 2013. They released in 2014 their big massive RPG called Divinity Original Sin. Um, and it was just an incredible refresh of the old school turn-based RPGs. It wasn't based on any Dungeons and Dragons, it was their own new there was their own IP, their own rules, their own spells, everything. Um, and it was turn-based, not real time with pause. But it was still top down, very in depth. Um in 2014, they released that. In 2017, they released their second title, Divinity Original Sin 2, um, that right now, as this recording, has almost 150,000 reviews on Steam and is 95% overwhelmingly positive. Wow. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so that, those two games, caught the eye of Wizards, and Larian got the rights to make Baldur's Gate 3. Wow. So it's been a long time okay. coming for me. <laughs> um, and a lot of people, uh, it's it's now based on the 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons rule set and has been video gamified out of necessity, okay? So, like an example, Bethesda. We've just been talking about yeah. Starfield, right? Bethesda's probably most famous, I mean, they are most famous for their Elder Scrolls and their Fallout titles, Skyrim, right?
0: Skyrim, all yeah.
1: Right. So in Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, which came out in 02. They included in that game, they had a mark spell and a recall spell, where with the mark spell, you could mark a location, and then any time later, you could cast recall and instantly teleport back to that spot, right? Okay. Um, in development, that led to many headaches, because playtesters would begin to like start up a quest sequence, and then in the middle of a conversation or a combat or like a re- series of events, they would recall out and just break the whole quest sequence. And their game was bricked, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, so well, it yeah, like, that would
0: be a little bit of a headache. Yeah.
1: Right, right. So they it like over doubled the size of the game because they had to play test it like crazy and think of, okay, now what happens if the player just recalls right now? You know, <laughs> and <laughs> That's so a lot in, of
2: code do like if this <laughs> happens, then if else <laughs> this happens, exactly,
1: like... e- exactly. They have to have ways for every sequence to be broken and recovered. Right. They mm-hmm. come back at a later time. So Bethesda didn't include recall in their next title Oblivion. <laughs> right? <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Oh, uh, and, and and so a dissim- similar decisions had to be made with Baldur's Gate three. That's what I'm getting to finally. Um yeah. there's a lower level spell in D D called Dispel Magic, right? It's like a like a level five player can cast it. Um the caster can essentially like choose a creature or an object that's enchanted or like a magical effect and if they pass like a like a spell casting check they can just cancel the spell like the whatever magic's affecting it it's just gone right it's just a spell uh. so with that and learning lessons from like Bethesda in the past Larian chose not to include like dispel magic and a few other spells like that because of outcomes of players just randomly dispelling stuff. Like they tried to have it in the game apparently in development and it over doubled the size of the game because they had to hard code in every outcome. You know, what if a player yeah. just dispelled whatever's holding this, you know, item oh. up or or you know, this magic barrier or something, I right? They pretty
0: much counter that.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, cuz there's no game master, you know, you're not sitting around a yeah. table with your buddies <laughs> and a game master is running the game with the creative liberty to determine the outcome. Yeah. Right. So they had to they had to gamify, you know, and, and not include all the spells. They also chose to like cap players at twelfth level, where in D- Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, 20th level's the cap. Um
0: so does that make it better or worse, uh doing like the 15 to the 20? I mean, if somebody that doesn't know, I mean, what what's right. the big difference with that?
1: So the meat and potatoes of, like, a Dungeons & Dragons adventure is um, levels 5 to 10, really. Okay. Um, not many, like, campaigns go past level 12, I'm going to be honest, because things start to get crazy for the Game Master. Um, and that's kind of the reason they had to go with here. Uh, they, they capped the players at level 12, um, because upon reaching, like, level 13... If you're like a full wizard or a full druid, whatever like full spellcasters there are, um, you start gaining access to some pretty earth-shattering and game-breaking spells when you hit level thirteen, and it just gets worse the higher level you get. So okay. they they had to cap it somewhere, right, to make it you know the game can gotcha. be infinitely sized, right? So that makes um, sense. That makes yeah, sense. yeah, and especially like most campaigns end at level twelve. We just finished a campaign at the twelfth or at eleventh level. You know, okay. We're on to the next, right? And, and th- a real tabletop can't. So game. you've
0: been. So it would be. It's fair to say you've been playing these games for a pretty long time, right? Um, You, right. you kind of experienced it of their changes, what they did to counter some stuff, right? Um, you know the levels. You kind of get the gist of the story and where you need to be and how to do. Um. With that being said, I know you went from the beginning to now, uh playing these. You know, one, two, and three. Um with the different studios and everything, how would you say the graphics are on, on, um, on this game?
1: Man, the Baldur's Gate three graphics are crazy. They're, they're beautiful. The character creators, one of the most in-depth character creators I've seen, they, you know, I think they said on average, people are averaging about an hour and a half in character creation. uh, When they're making their first character. Um, Wow.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: It's, (laughs) It's in-depth, and the choices in character creation matter. Um, The story starts you off as like a lowly adventurer trying to get your feet back under you, building up your party and your alliances. And over the course of a 100-plus-hour story, uh, you get hit with some pretty big game-changing and story-altering decisions from the start. And like I said, even in Character Creator, you have some heavily impactful decisions because you have your your background um, and there's a list of all these backgrounds you can make for your character your origin Mm. that sort of thing you can even play you can choose to play as an origin character which is kind of one of larian studios um, like you can tell like it's a mark on one of their rpgs they always have uh if they're a big party based rpg they have companions, like in Starfield, you know, that you can pick up and recruit and join your crew or your party and you can adventure with them. Well, in Larian games, and it's incredible, it's one of the best gameplay experiences I've ever had in Divinity Divinity Original Sin 2. Uh, And this game is when you play actually as an origin character. You don't pick to create a custom character. You can play the main character of the game as one of the companions you can recruit. And you have special quests, special dialogue options, special factions that you would never have access to if you didn't play the main game as one of these origin characters. Okay, so you have
0: a lot of options. Um, Yes,
1: yes. Um, I actually chose a... uh, My brother played an origin character, and I played a different origin character that their background, I mean, just by playing them, um we had a, a companion come to our camp who we were trying to recruit and uh because of my background i unalived her in the night
2: <laughs>
1: we woke up the next day and she was not with us anymore Dude, um, and the that's, amount. that's yeah
2: i was i was just gonna say the amount of different stories that you can build out of that is going to make that extremely hard to put any kind of rating on the story i would think Yes, because it's so different from you know what the other person plays,
0: kind right? Of, kind of like the star field that we talked about earlier, but you have different takes on different scenarios of the story, like Gray is saying. I think. Um, but so when you talk about graphics, you say it's great, right? Oh yeah, um, it's a triple it a, a, a. No, you're fine. <laughs> but you're saying just kind of going back. We're going to roll into the story, I guess. But the graphics, just to kind of let the audience kind of know a little bit, is, I mean, you you don't see any issues with it, no popping, no tearing, no um, bugs or anything too much. Um, Pretty smooth, doesn't look kind of wonky or anything like that?
1: No, so I've um, the only graphical glitch I've had in over 80 hours of playing in multiplayer the whole time, um, in uh, one cutscene, I had uh, the character I was talking to, he he was a dwarf, um that's his race he was a, a gold dwarf and that's his sub race um and i'm i'm playing as a tiefling so i'm like a like a uh half human half devil mix up horns and all that and yeah. i'm i'm taller and he's shorter and he was looking up at me but at first he was kind of looking off to the side right and then when he <laughs> snapped to look at me um his like the model for his head attaching mm-hmm. to his torso there was a th- then one line of pixels that you could see like the skin didn't mesh together, mm-hmm. right? And that was just because the two models weren't completely mesh. And I think he, that was because that one that one snap motion of his head.
0: You should get Gray to do the neck back thing. I think he did that on another
1: podcast. <laughs> yeah. If you can see it on the YouTube channel,
0: he, he does it pretty good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, does yeah, it does yeah. it pretty good. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but, that's all. Awesome. So you got any questions for him on the graphics, Gray? Um, in in reference to that or Yeah, so anything? I'm just
2: interested in like um maybe the atmospheric aspects of the rendering of things and when you cast spells and all that, like how far out there did they go as far as making that look really cool?
1: Oh yeah. The, the all of the spell casting is heavy and impactful. It they there's even the sound design there's thuddy base when you come and you're like concentrating on a spell getting ready to cast it you're selecting your mm. targets you know um lighting effects bouncing off the walls bouncing off uh the the water liquids on the ground uh, oh. if you cast an ice spell or or a fireball then you know you'll the field will be covered in ice and people can slip on it if they don't mm-hmm. make a dexterity awesome. save. Uh, you, you throw a fireball and it'll explode. You know, if there's like wine barrels and oil on the ground, everything gets caught on fire and is burning. I mean, the, the spell effects in the game, um, the atmospheric lighting, uh, you'll come into cellars or go down into the underdark, uh, which is like subterranean tunnels. And there's just fog settling. Um, you can yeah. cast spells like fog cloud, uh, that creates clouds of fog or, um, Cloud Kill is another it's a poison gas cloud that you can move around the battlefield um and envelop your enemies. And I mean, you know, depending on your graphic settings and your hardware, if you're running it on high plus, it, it's it's a beautiful game. That's really so cool. would
0: you is this a game that you can play at 30 frames? uh and I don't know if you have another question, Graham. I'm sorry if I cut you off, but I, I'm just wondering, frame rates been coming into the spotlight a lot with a lot of these games. Um, is this something that Is better to be played at 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second and kind of take that dip on that quality aspect?
1: Uh, You want to play this thing as high as you can. So I play on 1440p with a 144 hertz monitor. And if we're dungeon delving and I'm on high to like my shadows are on medium, uh, maybe my reflections are on medium as well, some of those really graphics chugging settings. But most of my thing's on high. Um, I get 144 FPS in like dungeons and cellars and crypts when we're when we're dungeon delving.
0: What if you don't have the hardware though, and you have to choose between say you have a a, a 2070 or something lower, 10 1080 Ti, mm-hmm. or even I know it's coming to Xbox soon, right? You're gonna have that issue with the Series S and the Series X, right? Right. Um, are you gonna play? Would you would you recommend playing? at 4k 30 or maybe a 1080p 60
1: uh play on 30 if you can't uh push higher frames with high graphic settings because it is a turn-based game the gameplay is gameplay is slow most of the time you're sitting there and people are in idle animations while it's not their turn and only one person's moving around the map and shooting a spell or making attacks so it's not like a A first person shooter, right? But also with that being said, the game is highly optimized. My brother plays all of our 80 hours on 1080p, right? But he runs with a GTX 1080. Mm. Not a 1080 Ti. He has a GTX 1080 and a seventh gen Intel processor. (laughs) And he gets ninety plus FPS on high.
2: Nice. So
1: so and that's a 1080 gaming, 1080p gaming. Um, but that's with a GTX okay. 1080 card that's seven years old. And wow. so it's it's highly optimized. I believe it would run great on the Steam Deck. Um, yeah. I haven't tried it because, you know, no need, but this is a perfect Steam Deck game. It's turn-based. Mm. It's slow. It's perfect. Awesome. Um, I'm going to so
2: have to give it a we, shot. The,
0: the graphics seem great. Um, I just got one more branding.
2: question about the graphics, man. I just got one more. It's an important question. I'm sorry, Gino. This is important. Go, but go for it. Go Blaze. for it, bro. Go for it. So... The bear that you sleep with in this game. <laughs> <laughs> How real does that look? All right.
0: So I've heard a lot about this infamous bear, right? Should have there... saved that for the story section, right? I
1: mean, going back to the story section.
0: <laughs> We're going with graphics and story, baby. There's you know? over
1: uh, reported by Larian. There's over seventeen thousand endings to this game based on the decisions you make. I thought he was you about to say bears. Yeah,
2: there's over seventeen thousand animals that you can I, the, I
1: thought he was going way off here. <laughs> there's over seventeen thousand endings to this game based on the story decisions you make. And I am in one of those endings where I never came across the bear scene. Okay. Uh. So uh I think you have to have a druid in your party that can uh shapeshift into a bear. Right. But and we were we were not running a druid at the time. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny.
0: Or yep. you going? Okay, I'm not gonna go into that. <laughs> I'm not not on a play. Not I on know. a second playthrough. No no no, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. Well, we got the graphics down. Uh, we've done a lot of the story in reference to kind of what you did. Uh, we kind of go into. Is there anything else you kind of want to add on the story aspect to it, um, or you kind of pretty much covered that?
1: Yeah, uh, story's pretty much covered. I mean, like I said, over seventeen thousand endings is insane. Um, crazy and crazy. Right. And there's over 170 hours of cutscenes.
0: That's good to know. Yeah. I I like the cut scenes. Some people don't like them too much. I like the cut scenes. It kind of gives you a break. I like the artistic style to them. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty cool as well. Uh, Do you know anything in reference to the music? Uh, How is the, is the music kind of immersive into this?
1: Yeah. So I've seen uh, countless TikToks on how catchy even just the the intro menu music is. Um, it it's it's epic. It's sad. It's happy. Like they have so many different songs that are just jamming while you're in the menu, loading up your game, uh, even in character creator. Um, you guys should look up some of the 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 menu music. Um, there are uh, uh, bards are a playable class. Uh, in in the game they're they're like arcane magic casters that use ma- music to generate magic and you can carry around like a a, a, a lute or a set of drums and you can at any moment whip out and you have songs that you can play as your character in game and get reactions and all oh, of those great. are yeah all of those are great um but in, in gameplay outside of that the music, like the musical score comes and goes throughout the game, um, where the majority of the time, it kind of fades into the background to allow you to focus on what's in front of you because there's heavy decisions, there's adventuring. You actually have to zoom in and look around the map and everything's lootable. Like in Starfield, you can pick up any item in the game. (laughs) You can pick up anything and put it in your pocket and throw it out later. Um, so they they kind of let the music fade in the background the majority of the time while you're exploring and then if there's a major story beat or combat arises then it'll pick up Um, but I will say we our last play session uh, I'm not going to say name any names, name any locations no spoilers but there is a big antagonist that has been nagging us since level 2 right and this last play session we invaded his home unalived him (laughs) for a very good reason and the battle music that kicked in was a specific score for fighting him and his voice actor was singing
2: no and it was
1: yes and it was the most epic song i've ever heard it was incredible and so you it definitely
0: was, got you hyped.
1: Yes. It you hyped. Was, as, soon as, as soon as combat kicked off, it rolled in and we both were like, What is this song? And then the his voice actor, the antagonist, came in singing. And we it was oh. it was the most power play <laughs> you know <laughs> I've <laughs> ever seen. That, that's it awesome. Was awesome.
0: That, that is awesome. So You definitely uh, see that the music goes in high, high regards in reference to this game. So we've been over the graphics. We've been over the story. We've been over the music. Uh, What else do we have gray form in reference to this game that we need to go over that? I think people need to know about.
2: So what's cool is you were telling that last story. I had the main theme of Baldur's gate playing. So that's (laughs) (laughs) it was like epic, man. I love the music in this game. See, I'm not big into fantasy and all that. I do like D and D. I have played, and um, but dude, you're making me a believer. You are making me a Baldur's Gate believer. I'm
0: definitely, honestly, since I've been playing, you know, I didn't. I'll be honest, I haven't played much Skyrim, right? So when I play Starfield and have all these decisions and different things happening, and for you to say on Baldur's Gate, you have seventeen thousand different ways that you can go through this thing. I mean. I agree with Gray. It's kind of, you kind of make it seem just you telling me about the music on the boss, you know, with the music and getting you hyped. It kind of makes me just want to play it just to get to that point, you know? Yeah.
2: And I would like them to take a, maybe take a shot at a space theme. Um, I forget what the D and D version is where you're in space. It's not called D and D, but it's called something else. Do you know, blaze?
1: There are uh, several, other tabletop RPG systems, um, with one that heavily competes with Dungeons and Dragons and actually was more popular than it um about fifteen, maybe ten years ago. Uh, it is oh man, you put me on the spot. Oh sorry. Uh, why oh, a Pathfinder. <laughs> Pathfinder Pathfinder is okay. what it's called. Right. right. It's Pathfinder, the creators of Pathfinder have Starfinder.
2: Starfinder, yes. Yes. I, I want to play that. That would be really cool. And if they now, did the same thing they did with Baldur's Gate 3 and made it that, then yeah. I would be super, super hyped for
0: it. I'm a space now, junkie, man.
1: Me so, too, man. Uh,
2: I love anything space.
1: You should you should check out uh it's it's the old, old school style RPG, like the ones that came out in the nineties and two thousands. Um, but there is Planescape Torment and okay. the newest one is called Torment tides of numenera and it is like a a techie sort of um there's some uh it's like a mixture of sci-fi and fantasy uh, okay. but there is that that sci-fi element um mm-hmm. but it, it it's 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 uh, the slow real time combat with pause uh, like right. i was saying before
3: okay. um
1: but yeah. dungeons and dragons has um they just came out with some rule books for uh a setting called uh, spelljammer mm-hmm. and it's like pirate ships Ooh. that are magically outfitted to sail through the astral sea, which is space. Oh, dude, and we're playing a D and D campaign in that right
2: now. Well, when you get some extra time, man, we need to try to put together a game where all of yeah. us could play. That'd be so I fun. I can run one. I dude. can run <laughs> <Yeah>. one for <laughs> yeah. you guys on that, here. Yep. <laughs> that would be so awesome. If we did just, that just, on the just side. To do it. Yeah, just do yes, it. We could do a whole podcast. Just that. That would be awesome. Um,
0: so yeah. with that, let's go oh. back real quick. Let's get yeah. back on the game on uh, Boulder's Gate. Um, so we went over graphics, music, story, gameplay. We kind of, a little bit on the gameplay. Is there, you said there is multiplayer, right? I know you're saying that you play with your buddy. So multiplayer, is, is it online? It's just local? It's up to four player
1: online co-op.
0: Okay. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so... The last thing I want to ask that we kind of want to go over with you, I'm sure Gray's got some questions as well. But as far as fun factor wise, uh, what do you think about as far as somebody that has not played those kind of Dungeons and Dragons games? Do you think they could get something out of it?
1: Yeah, uh, if you're uh, you don't have to play Dungeons and Dragons or understand Dungeons and Dragons at all to play this game. It's just really cool. Someone who's involved in the lore, and I, I, you know, when they drop a name, I know the name, right? I don't have to get the lore drop in game when they just mention uh, a name. I, I know who they are, right? From D D lore. So, right, right. Oh, I, I, I'm seeing all those, you know, callbacks and references. I think that's really cool. Um, but they explain everything. There's nothing that's, you know, behind a veil of, you know. Fog that you don't, you won't understand if you have never played a tabletop RPG. Um, fun factor-wise, you can do some of the wackiest stuff in this game. I mean, this game has made jumping fun. Your, um, mm-hmm. your, how far and high you can jump is based on how strong your character is, and. <laughs> my brother's character has is his strength is max and he can jump i'm not kidding like six times the distance my character is who's a wizard and and uses <laughs> spells and stuff and he will jump clear across a battlefield and land at the feet of the enemies and just start teeing off on them and or or he'll he'll jump to the top of a tower off a tower and i got to use like fly spells and stuff you know um he he just, just the the dynamics. He carries around because he's so strong. <laughs> he carries around crates in his inventory, just wooden boxes. And if there's a place that I gotta jump over or jump up to, and I can't make it, he'll just start stacking crates and make a stairs for me. And you can walk up items that you've stacked, climb on top of them, and then jump from there. <laughs> you know. So <laughs> 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 he, he he carries step stools around for me. You know. I mean, it just. The the wackiest things he he's put uh twenty explosive barrels in a magic chest that reduces the weight of items you put in it, and then he's thrown the chest on the ground and destroyed it with like a fire arrow and just out of nowhere, 20 explosive barrels explode, you know? (laughs) And I mean it's it's crazy the wackiness you can pull off. The the fun factor of this game's through the roof. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. I, I do want to hint, I'll say. The voice acting and the animations in the uh, the conversation
3: mm-hmm.
1: is is awesome as well. Um, before we move on past all okay. of it, so yeah. I gotta give I gotta give credit to the voice actors.
0: But that's what I was gonna ask you: Is there anything that you think that should be named that we kind of left off? That something that if they had to decide to buy this game, spend that sixty dollars, not that seventy, and dip their toes in this water of Gate 3, what is something that they should know that maybe not? it's not just public
1: information? Yeah, um, so the voice actors that are behind the characters in this game are incredible. Every conversation you have is voice acted. Every dialogue option is voiceovered. I mean, and, and there's emotions coming through. Um, the, there's facial animations. It's not mocap. Um, because they have 100, you know 170 plus hours of <laughs> facial yeah. animations and, and conversations and everything, right. It's not mo Um But the facial animations are so good that in uh, conversations, sometimes you'll see that you uh, you failed an insight check when somebody's like lying to you or something. Um, in, in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, if somebody's lying to you, you can say, "I want to roll an insight check," and you roll. And if you fail, then you you don't really get any information. Or the the, the game master might say, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, he's kind of scratching at his neck or won't look you in the eyes," and you can tell that he's probably not being 100% honest, right? <laughs> well, things like that happen just randomly in conversation in this game, and you can almost sometimes even pick up when someone's lying to you. In conversation, when you fail that insight check, just by being able to read the animated facial expressions. Wow. And it it wow. kind of reminds me of La Noir in a way, where that detective game. I don't know if you guys.
2: Yeah, I yeah. think I played a yeah. little bit of it.
1: Yeah, they have a pro- propri- uh, like proprietary mocap facial animation that they use, which is, I mean, way above industry standard um, for that game. But it kind of reminds me of that, where you can read people in conversations based on their yeah, I
0: think we're moving towards all that as well yeah. as yeah. that along with AI. I think, yeah. um, GTA six has a lot to do with the AI and I feel like that's going to be the next step. Um, GTA six when it comes out with all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, I, I definitely get what you're saying there. Yeah. Uh, Greg, Do you have any other questions in reference to that before he gives the infamous, uh, GG rating on, uh, boarders gate three? Uh,
2: yeah, I just got one more thing asking about, you were talking about the multiplayer. So, Yes. In the multiplayer, when you're playing along with other people, how does that progress the story, or does it, like, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So, when you create a new campaign, you, if you have all four people join up in the menu, you know, when you're making the game for the first time, then they can all four create custom characters from the big from the get go. And they can choose those origin characters that I was speaking on earlier, where you actually play your character as is the companions that you can pick up along the way. Mm-hmm. Or you can make custom characters. Um, and all four players can, can play. Now, if someone wants to join in later, like if you only started with two or you started a solo game and mm-hmm. you want somebody to join in and play, then at any time they can join the game and create a character and level up to your level immediately and join it right in um and if 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 you come back later and you want to progress and not everybody's playing right or they don't want to play the game anymore with you Mm -hmm. then you can remove their character from the party and you don't have to deal with them anymore they're just removed from the game yeah um and as far as, like, progressing companion stories, mm-hmm. uh, every companion has a, has a whole list of side quests and their background and their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can progress those stories and bring those companions along. With you. Party size is four, right? Mm-hmm. That's which is why it's limited to up to four players. Um, so if you have two players, you know, you each control a character, and then you have two more companions that you can have whoever wants to control. They can mm-hmm. control them. Um, so we split two and two. We each have a our player character and our companion. And so I know you play with your
0: brother. I, yeah. And I, I'm sorry, Greg. I just to hint on what you just said. Mm-hmm. Does it progress with your brother at the same time as it progresses you? When yeah, if he like joins the your main
2: storyline. Does it follow along with the main storyline, or is it yeah. so all over the place to where, like, I'm trying to see how they would follow along in the main yeah. storyline with all these other branching stories
1: so you're one adventuring party that's how it it works so there might be one person that engaged a dialogue um and you're you're speaking uh you know to, to some big important individual in the story and there's a big major campaign decision if i walked up my character and i engaged that dialogue then i would be making the decisions Of the conversation because my character is the one that's talking to them, Um, and if you develop a rapport with one character, then you might have different dialogues with uh, an an NPC uh, than the other character that somebody Mm. else is playing, right? Because you've you've established a relationship. Um, But the story, you're you're one adventuring party, and and during those big moments and all the time. Any other player can listen into the conversation and can, like, vote on which dialogue option they want you to pick. And oh. you can see, like, their Steam profile picture and their name will pop up and say, like, you know, uh, my brother, his, hand, his handle and his photo will pop up. And, like, that's the option he'd like me to pick. Now, you know, there's no, like, voting and, you know, three uh, people voted to pick this okay. and it, it goes through, but it's okay. whoever's controlling the conversation, right, gets That to makes sense. It. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I
0: like that. <clears throat> Yeah, You kind of give, they can kind of give the opinion where they want to go with it. And you exactly. can either agree or just mm-hmm. go your own route.
1: Exactly. So. Exactly. And and then ultimately that's your decision, right? Uh, whoever, whoever made that yeah. choice, made that choice. The party um, yeah. Right. But, but at, at other times, if you're doing like a, like a, a companion side quest, right. And you get to a major story beat, then that companion will take over the conversation, no matter who engaged it. It'll mm. like cut scene. And that companion is is running the show.
0: So would you, if somebody was picking to go with the bear, would you <laughs> go along with that? Or
1: not? <laughs> uh, so you can, uh, there's a little checkbox, right? If you're, if you're having a conversation, there's a little checkbox that you can check that says private. And you can, it will <laughs> kick everyone else out and not let them see your cutscenes.
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> You've got
3: to be kidding me! <laughs> there, you, you
1: can, you joking? No, no, you can romance anyone in the game. Pretty much, you can romance them. uh You can make a relationship. You can, you know, and, and uh you you have dreams at night when you're sleeping at your camp that you know come up as as oh, I private you conversations. You really
0: had dreams, okay. No, no.
1: <laughs> you can at any time make a conversation private and it'll kick everybody out. It'll say, it'll notify, hey, blah, blah, blah is trying to join. Man, that's you know, crazy. but that's yeah. yeah.
0: Well, great. you want to lead them into the GG rating. Let's do it.
2: Man, yeah, that was awesome. That was an excellent breakdown. I'm going to go ahead and say it's the best one we've had as far as in-depth um oh yeah how many hours have you put in this game
1: so we are probably just crossed 80 maybe 85 hours wow. um and we just reached 12th level which mm-hmm. i said is the max level i wouldn't say we're 100 percenting the game i'd say we're a good 90 to 95 percenting it right mm-hmm. we're, we're leaving almost no stone unturned right so we we hit max level about 80 85 hours into the the game which it's about a 100 plus hour story. So, I think that's pretty good pacing.
3: Yeah, if, if I'm honest.
2: So, yeah. if if you had to give this a GG rating, what would you give it?
1: It's uh been a long time coming. Uh you can tell I'm passionate about it <laughs> and what it's based on. Um, I'm going to be realistic and I'm going to say that this game is my game of the year and is a 9.8. 9.8? Oh,
0: okay. Holy okay. Moly. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard it. 9.8. 9.8. So, one of the top uh, ratings, I'm sure, on your whole list, top games that you look forward to.
2: Yeah, so, like, what would push it to a perfect 10 or is that just, like, so hard to attain?
1: So... This, I, I'd say, you know, just about nothing is perfect when it comes to games nowadays. Right. The, the the price on this game, the AAA budget, the story, the music, the voice acting, I mean, everything is near perfect. Mm. Um, What, they released the game, and I, I think it was a smart move on their choice, they released the game a month earlier than they originally announced, right? When they announced their release date, it was the same weekend as Starfield. Ah. And mm. Starfield announced after uh, Baldur's Gate 3. And when Starfield announced, they then, OK, they said, OK, we'll pull the game a, a month earlier um, to, to get away from that big launch. And yeah. I think that was great. Um, but maybe, maybe you know, with, with COVID and everything, maybe development could have... Um, gone a little bit longer uh but i just i i my only thing keeping it from a perfect is acts one and acts two of the game there's three acts act act one act two and act three are perfect acts Mm. one and two are perfect act three is 90 percent perfect Mm. because there's just some on the very tail end it's the best act i'd say i've got to say it's the best act it's the most fun it's the most epic right but there are every now and then you can you can notice oh that could have used a little bit of polish, and it's right. it's it's you know few and far between. Yeah. But I'm like that is not that's not a perfect product. It's
2: not game breaking, but it takes you out of the immersion some. Is
1: yeah, like that that little that little head crazy head uh thing on the dwarf earlier that I mentioned he that that was that's an act three right? <laughs> right. Um, he there, just there, did I, the neck thing again. <laughs> I had a I had a um you know, a couple companions at camp uh, repeat the same conversation with me a couple times because it was like a few different choices I made maybe at different times in the story Mm -hmm. um, triggered that conversation to be had and they had it with me like three times, right? You know, and I'm like, okay, that was weird, but it doesn't change anything. So like you're
2: telling me things that any other normal game, this would be like just normal video game stuff but this game is such on a different level that these are things that you notice because it's so like immersive and so good is what i'm kind of kind of gathering from what
1: you're saying that's correct yeah wow
2: that's really good as close to perfect as you can get it seems
0: well and you got somebody that's what spent 80 something hours (laughs) on this game so i think i'll trust that rating uh from old blaze and uh, Blaze, before you go, uh we first off, let's just say before we go and get done with this bonus news that we're gonna have, appreciate you coming on, man. Spree yeah. I appreciate you uh, you know, sharing that with us and giving us the infamous GG rating. Uh um, oh, yeah. thanks hopefully for Hopefully we can me. have you back on in the future and uh, you know, uh maybe try out another game or something. Maybe hear your further thoughts on uh Starfield
1: as well yeah. as you get to playing more of it. Definitely, I've been enjoying it too, so yeah, I I wouldn't mind coming on.
2: Oh yeah, that would be a fun episode for all of us to break down, and uh, man, I'm going to have to give Baldur's Gate 3 a try, I'm going to dig into that as soon as I can find it on sale, because I'll probably mainly play it on the Steam Deck, um, I'm going to probably grab that up, so. Thank you for making me a Baldur's Gate believer, (laughs)
1: Blaze. Thanks for listening, (laughs) man.
2: So on to the bonus news brought to you by no sponsor.com. Don't come here for a sponsor because we don't have one.
0: Game not over.
2: All right. Bonus (laughs) news. Hit us with it, homie.
0: Well, I just want to throw, let's end this on a little bit of Starfield. Obviously, since we've already talked about it a little bit, it's gonna be very quick, but it's about the Starfield Mark One space uh spacesuit that's been making its rounds in reference to a bug, uh, I would say. Or hey, maybe Bethesda did it on purpose. But if you go into the lodge at New Atlantis, you go downstairs like the basement, you'll see in a showcase shelf, glass shelf, um, a uh spacesuit. Master well, locked, cannot, right? it is it is yeah. blaze I'm sure you can just go master lock that thing but yep. if you want to save your digipix or whatever you need to use what you can do is <laughs> there is where you can open the case it's like an octagon glass case if you put your cursor just in between the where it opens at the crease it'll go from the selection for locked to the selection to the actual spacesuit and if you hit a, or um, I don't know what your PC control would be, but yeah. if you hit select, and it will actually give you that spacesuit and take it out of the case. And I tell you what, it's the Mark One spacesuit. It's got a. It's it's going to be the best spacesuit you have. Um, is what I'm hearing. I've I've done it myself. It is confirmed. It does work. It's not a rumor. Um, that you're going to get before you get to New Game Plus. So I'm rocking this spacesuit right now. I think with the Mantis helmet, though, because I just like the look of it. Mm -hmm. But what you're going to get is 120 physical, 136 energy, 128 EM resistance um, with an extra 20 thermal, 30 corrosive, and 10 radiation resistance with the spacesuit. The Mark I pack that you get, you also get a booster pack with it. It has 66 physical, 64 energy, and 68 EM resistance. Wow. Wow. While the helmet has the same stats as the booster pack, so I mean it, it, it's over twenty, 20 It's over twenty percent, or I would say, or thirty percent more than what you're going to get from any other spacesuit. Bro, oh, that's, that's, a lot. that's so
2: tempting because I think I got like fifteen advanced locks left before I get to master the level. Um, well, you don't have to I... use it. Just, right? You just save it exactly. There you but, go. Man, I go back and forth on it because it's like I kind of want to. <laughs> earn it but also i kind of just want to grab
0: it so i don't know and
1: you get experience when you pick a lock so that's all i'm saying Uh, (laughs) oh well
0: we go we go back blaze just to kind of throw this throw a little shade i guess on myself is he got me into resident (laughs) evil 2 uh still can't believe you played it remastered remake and i was like man this game's awesome because i like experiencing the story it doesn't matter how i get to it as long as i experience the cutscenes, the story and i ended up seeing that you can buy on Steam, some mods for like unlimited grenade launch, you know, <laughs> rocket launches and stuff. Yeah. I'm going around. What? I'm going. Yes. I'm going around. It was a dollar. It was a dollar. I was, oh, I'm doing oh, that. No. So I got unlimited. Rocket locked and I'm just going around, just just killing. He all just the blasted
2: through the game, blasted takes all them. the scary out of it, man. Like <laughs> oh that's part of the gosh. game is trying to find ammo and stuff, and you're but barely me, on the I'm edge of death. A
3: blast. Yeah, but Point he's just is, mowing them down. Blast, Duke Nukem you know?
2: over here is <laughs> <laughs> running through the game.
1: For 99 cents, you too can be Resident <laughs> Evil. <Needle. laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: he made that whole game his B, if you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, Jeez. yeah, but so we had different takes on it, which I. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, with Gray and everything, but yeah. guys, that's, if you want to do it, that's up to you. You don't have to do it. You can <laughs> earn it the other way, but, um, <laughs> you know, we can go that route, but Blaze, again, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you coming on the stream. I appreciate you, you know, telling us your your side of the story on uh Baldur's gate three. And hopefully we have you back in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to a uh, another episode in the future, and hopefully I didn't uh, talk your ears off too much about Baldur's Gate today.
0: Not at all, man. Not at this all. It's great, man.
2: Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you want to send us an email with thoughts, questions, or comments, it's channel at gmail.com.
0: We'll see you all the next time. Thanks
2: Cheers. for listening, everybody.